Good evening, everybody. Nice to be here again. We've had a bit of a break. And it's it's lovely to be back in each other's sitting rooms. Look, hello, Jenna. This is me, Natalie, in case everybody's forgotten. Hi, everyone. And we had a few episodes where we've been talking to people about various interesting things. Um, But we wanted to go back to our old format and just have a little chat together about the kind of thing, subjects that we feel don't get mulled and chewed over much because they're a bit abstract and people possibly don't have time to think about those things and our Jenna today said that she wanted to think about discomfort I'll say that word again discomfort <laughs> I don't know why we just so on the same tune same page sort of thing but you don't even have to explain to me like I just go yeah yeah, first of all, yeah, 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 I really, I really, really want to talk about discomfort. <laughs> and I don't even really know what you mean when you say it. <laughs> I just love it as a word. And so I think the place to start, we're going to do keep this short. It's just a nice pithy, quick walk with us to think about the concept of discomfort in our current times, possibly a bit around birth um, and motherhood, but maybe about um, as regards life more generally. I don't know. You far away. I don't know what you meant by that. I didn't, it, I literally didn't know, but I got it sent. I think where it came from, it's just, it keeps coming up for me just day to day. And <laughs> this is, uh, this is probably not the place to start, but whatever. We never start where we think we're going to start. But I got a dishwasher for the first time since we've moved into this house, right? Like last week. So we've been here four and a half years, and we've never had a dishwasher, right? Now, some people listening will be really shocked by that. Obviously, this is not a big issue in the wider scheme of anything, right? And we've been washing up and whatever. That is not a big deal. Jenna, 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 I have to pause. Even though I'm supposed to have fluidity on the podcast, I can't not say this. I also haven't got a dishwasher. (laughs) We're soulmates. So I know where this is. It's absolutely pertinent, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, ours broke down and we never restored it, so... We're going. I am the dishwasher. Oh yeah, Danny. (laughs) Sorry, that's my husband shouting out that he's the dishwasher for all our listeners. But yeah, I get you exactly. Yeah. So I was just, but I was thinking about it. So we get this dishwasher, and I'm like, you know, this is going to change my life. (laughs) But of course, I'm still washing up most of the time because I'm just in that place of like, I wash up, I wash up, and. And that just got me thinking because I was like, everyone I talked to, because I was celebrating the dishwasher, (laughs) they were like, you don't have a dishwasher. And they were like, you know, and I know people listening will be shocked. They're like flabbergasted. And I was like, I know it's kind of crazy, but it just it was okay. Like I don't have a microwave either. You know, it's like whatever. But that is not where this came from. But it's like all these conveniences that most people that, you know, are probably listening and that, you know, we see in our doodle work and stuff. You know, we have so many conveniences and it kind of, I think everyone thinks they're positive, but I don't always think, you know, making your life so comfortable and so convenient. And when, you know, now there's like groceries that you can get in 15 minutes to your door. You don't have to go to the grocery shop. You don't have to touch your fruit and veg. You can have anything delivered. You don't have to cook. You don't have to wash up. You don't have to do your laundry. And and everyone thinks this is good. But I, like, uh, lately, and this is going to sound so doodery, but I've been making sourdough bread. 
and I made it from scratch and I'm so proud of myself because I just haven't done something like that before like I made the starter I've been feeding it in the fridge and once a week I take the starter out and I make a loaf and then I feed the starter and I put it back and it's been this like slow process but it's faffy you know it's a faffy thing just a bit like washing up you know it's more faffy but it it puts you in a different space do you know what I mean and I think that's I think the link I was thinking for the podcast in particular with birth is that birth is obviously really uncomfortable (laughs) you know whatever it is it's definitely discomfort you know and I think if our life is you know your typical day-to-day life is so comfortable and anything that isn't comfortable you will immediately fix because everything's at a touch of your phone or whatever you never sit with discomfort you never do the faff like Jude's obsessed with pomegranates I'm always peeling you know and picking out the seeds of a pomegranate that's time and patience that most people would just be like there's no way I'm picking out seeds of a pomegranate like we've lost the ability to like do fiddly things and do slow things and and I think it's that discomfort element is also part of that slower paced life that everyone's too busy for and I don't know where I'm going I know I'm rambling a bit but no, you are not rambling and I'm so excited literally with our twins <laughs> your, your thinking is literally you understand my brain here I literally what you just followed that argument was is literally what I wrote down which is oh. really good because it literally follows that the domestic um outsourcing being my the, the symbolic version of yeah it's it's so it's getting to such a peak point of um okay I'm going to use a strange phrase for this given that people are now going to probably think we're mad when we're talking about dishwashers but <laughs> yeah, to me it's about like Okay, let me get a bit more philosophical. So when you are in the inside yourself, mm. with all that that brings, mm. maintaining one's processes, getting through one's day, obviously traditionally people would have had to get clean, warm themselves, mm. you know, um, done their washing. You know, it would have involved a lot of inconvenience, as you say. Mm. But what nobody realised was that you were inside yourself in a state of kind of agency Mm-hmm. and uh process and there was a, a joined upness i think to the self to the inside self i know that sounds mm-hmm. a bit mm-hmm. abstract given what we're talking about but i absolutely know this to be true because i also have been observing the supra convenience of food being delivered like one or two things or um nothing houses when your home where nothing needs to be changed because you you know, let's not even get into the the actual habits, yeah. day habits, but let's just talk it, talk, just to describe it as convenience life. Take mm. um, my concept of like the internalization of one's experience. And what you're doing is you are externalizing yourself at such a level. Do you know what I mean by external? You're, yeah, you're, I know exactly what you mean. You're yes. outsourcing yes. your experience. And although it looks like you're getting rid of the minutiae and the boring bits and the tedium, Mm. It's actually the quiet rhythms of daily um, materiality and daily domesticity that actually one can be incredibly um, grounding, um, mm. and two. In uh, there's a, I know I've probably banged on about this guy before on here, but Charles Eisenstein is a modern day you know, philosopher king, as far as I'm concerned, and he says, like, forget about constantly doing mindful meditation in your yoga class. He said, he says. 
what about work? And I love him for this. And he goes, mm-hmm. work is not something to move away from and run away from as in physical domestic work. Mm-hmm. He wasn't meaning going and making money work. He means housework, the, how, the work of the day. Mm-hmm. It can be incredibly soothing. And he's got this theory, he calls it the theory of separation or the he says that human beings that fast you know 600 years have been effectively through you know the progress paradigm we are progressing we are progressing into modernity have been effectively moving away further and further and further away from their own deep humanity and so he says an easy way to come back into the self is literally gardening or washing up or, or hanging out your washing on the line or you know get, i i'm a personal massive fan i mean we're probably exactly the same i have people horrified that i get on the floor and wash my i wash my floor with my hands. i wash my floor yeah i don't have yeah. a mop i don't have a mop i know and i do you know what we're literally the same so i haven't got a dishwasher i'm absolutely with you on the microwave and i also wash my floor and i like a big bucket of soapy water and i get right into the corners and it's very very satisfying right oh it's so satisfying because how else do you get those good stains out if you're not down there <laughs> knowing every crumb every crumb so the point is is I think we're onto something. And I feel, I'm so glad you said it because I I also have this in a daily way, a kind of, I'm not just agitated by the fact that this is the dominant way we live now. And I mean, you know, I've got that about even like sat navs and that nobody wants to, everything has to be now and done and sorted. So it doesn't matter whether it's orientation or shopping or, and the thing I find strange pertinent to our podcast is that nobody talks about it yeah nobody and i and i find this amazing and if and if you if it could oh well say, say and i've said this before about the um gps thing but the, here's my fear okay and i know i sound like a nutter but you don't it's all very well to say yes but how do you get somewhere and it's just a modern convenience and then we never get lost and that's fine i get that i get that and but my worry is if as a human race, we never know what it feels like to be lost. Mm. Mm, yes, exactly. So to be lost is a good thing, right? Yeah. And imagine your brain, what your brain has to do to yeah. lose yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, to, and to you, so you're lost in a city or you're lost yeah. in, a new, in a new city or even in your own city. Or you're traveling to meet a friend and you had to work it out and you had to stop this, you know, all the many things that mean to be lost. Going back to the discomfort headline puts you in a state of uncertainty. So what I fear about, um, I said it to my husband actually, I said, Lord, what, what do you feel about discomfort? And he said, well, I suppose it's, you've got to kind of lead it to, well, what is the main desired thing is comfort. He said, but it isn't really comfort, is it? It's comfort becoming safety. So it's, so so it's, well, it's comfort, convenience and safety all get rolled into one so by safety what i mean is certainty so there's nothing can go wrong yeah everything is done your food will get delivered and you absolutely know that you wouldn't instead of going to a supermarket where something what would happen going to supermarket something might be out of stock you know you'll get your delivery it'll come and it's done you've got your dinners put into the gps and away you're traveling to you can't go wrong problem is if you never experience unpredictability if you never and this generation coming up alarmingly may be moving to this I deeply feel, as Charles Eisenstein says, that we we are, I don't know, disabling and de, you know, like um, what's it called when you disconnect? Like you know, like literally the wires are like being unplugging. Us. Yeah, unplugging ourselves. A circuit board 
of yeah. such massive proportions. Like it's like crazy. Like, you know, people's houses literally don't even have a kettle anymore on the surface. It's just like a completely smooth grey surface. <gasps> oh my god, you just tweaked something else to me because I was watching an advert for you know the quicker thing. You know the no right. boiling hot tap. Oh yeah. And it's like the quicker hot tap. And I know loads of people who have them. So I don't want to offend anyone. But I was watching this advert for it and I was like, we can't even I didn't know what that was. Hang on. I'll start again. <laughs> so you've you've triggered in me. I was watching this advert for this like boiling hot tap. And it because this has been on my mind, this discomfort and convenience thing. And I was thinking we can't even just stand and wait for a kettle to boil. And I thought, if you can't stand and wait for a kettle to boil, where's your kind of capacity to handle life? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's linked, isn't it? It's like, we we need these elements of inconvenience, these little, let's take have some patience, let's wait a little bit, let's not have everything right there because that transfers to everything, but especially birth, right? You know, how can you be in that period of discomfort and uh, the unknown and, you know, all the things that happen in birth that are so, you know, you don't know what's coming. You don't know what it's going to feel like if it's your first time. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know. And like you said, I mean, you always completely nail it for me. That's why you're a writer. (laughs) But this outsourcing of yourself, and if you're always outsourcing yourself, you're not with yourself and then you have to become truly connected to your inner self for birth and you can't because you're not used to being with yourself. Let's let's just pause a second and think. It could be, and I'm talking to all of you out there who are now thinking that we've completely lost it and we're <laughs> and that we're going, we're talking about kettles and that links to us. But I am telling you that we are right. We are right. And I'm telling you, I'm going to go back to the the water boiling, right, which has also bothered me. Because I tell you, it's not just having five seconds, can we spend the two minutes standing in 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 limbo, you mm. know. Mm. With nothing to do. Nothing, nothing to, do, to do, right? There's yeah. no next moment. You have to wait for the completion of this thing. Set that aside. And let's also talk about the ritual act of what a kettle boiled. It wasn't just that you had to and were forced to be in a mild moment of um, suspension. It's that it also means that you leave out the ritual of putting the tea together in the way that you do. Because when you just go with a, a, a tap, yeah, it, uh, lots of first of all, the instant, instantaneousness of that deprives you of the process because there's no so and I know that sounds like mad to say that in cup of tea making is it but it is a I mean even in going back to the birth analogy one of my biggest things that I discovered made a massive difference to women in labor was me slowly getting I get to the house I put my slip it's often the first thing I'll do and it illustrates to the dad the partner you know no rush there's nothing to do here I'm going to not going to rush into the room and start staring at a woman in labor I'm going to put the kettle on I know a chamomile tea will really soothe her system and I'm going to make us all one and I'll get out the mugs line them up nice and slowly make them and I can often feel a father or partner or mother-in-law or whatever kind of observing me going but she's moaning in the other room are you not going into her it's like no we just need to do this ritual because this is the thing that leads to the thing you know, this is the, this is the thing that will lead to setting up 
an atmosphere of trust. Mm. And and that's the thing is rituals, it might sound dark that we're talking about domestic rituals, but going back to Charles Eisenstein, he said, they're there for a reason, the way we did things, the way the way you start your day, move through your day, do things in a certain order. They had value. And if you're just cutting off and bypassing, I mean, to me, it's even shocking. I mean, maybe I am extra 20th century and I really am 20th century is to me to do an order I mean I get it people have got lots of kids it's easy to have a delivery but I think also of the spontaneous decision of what to eat that happens when you're in a supermarket where you are allowed to spontaneously go oh that looks nice I fancy cooking that this week that wouldn't happen on an order to think of all over the country people are having their food in advance organized in their mind how much spontaneity is that removing from the standard probably thousands of years of of family cooking that involved I'm going to say the mother in a gendery way but you know the mother would have been nourishing her family based on her instinct for that day and that day might have been a poorly child who needed some chicken soup it might have been but if you've already done your order right and that your meals are planned on the Sunday night or whatever the order involves I know people are probably a little bit more inventive make it up on the day but probably loads of people don't and especially when you just order in that's the other thing I'm seeing tons and tons of the Uber Eats thing is that you don't then you don't, going back to the outsourced realities, you don't look at your reality of the day you're in, i.e. Yeah, a, a, a grizzly child who's coming from school fed up might need something different to what you had planned, for example. So, I mean, cooking and eating and shopping and feeling into that is massive. It's so funny because me and one of my best friends, we have this discussion all the time. She's that kind of organized person that I I dream of being. Like she just has her shit together and I love her for it. And it's (laughs) amazing. And we always laugh because she knows I'm a complete opposite and we love each other anyway and it doesn't matter. And we always like joke about it and discuss it. And we argue because I also don't, I don't online shop again nuts it seems in this world but I cannot I cannot do it I actually can't do it I I have to go to the shop I have to touch the produce I I'm like I always say to Becky I'm like how do you know what you want to eat next Thursday how do you know now what you want to eat next Thursday and she's always like well I don't but I'm just planning it for ease and you know she's a working mom and I get it and I totally respect it but it, it I just can't do it I can't fit myself into that this you know this here's the thing about modern oh. world. I wouldn't even mind if that shift in cultural and domestic and you know if, if social shift I am so one foot in the 20th century that that would have been commented on and what I don't understand is I'll give you another parallel another very stupid random example but I love swimming and so now you can't go swimming unless you book it in advance. It was a hangover from COVID, right? So I go into swimming pool and just because it so enrages me, I have the same debate every time with the lady on the desk. And I go, so I can't just feel I might want to swim today. Mm. No, you can't. You have to book a lane. And in order to book a lane, you have to do that two days in advance. So I say, how do I know I want to swim in two days' time. Swimming is particularly visceral. It's particularly mm. something you like you want to do. So let me just get that straight. I said, let me just... So currently, Richmond-upon-Thames, every single swimmer in this county, in this in this borough, 
they all agree on this, do they? That's it's just been declared that that's how it works. Nobody re- and my point being, no discussion. Everyone makes the assumption that yes, of course, delivering food must be the best way. Of course, booking things in advance. And the other thing, actually, here's another one. Every time I go meet a friend now, I find this is another one. Have you booked it? Have you booked it? <laughs> have you booked it? What do you mean? I'm not gonna. I, I'm, what do you mean? Have you booked it? It's like the cinema. It's like, and now I get it. Sometimes tickets, blah blah. Always best to book it. Always best. Well, what about not booking it? Why don't we just see? Right. That's now not a thing. So you can't be yeah. But let's 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 because I know we don't want to go on and on. But I absolutely love it. I did not know we had all the we've known you for so long, and I had no idea that with it's just going to be you and me at the shops. Yeah, with no friends because that's all we are. And I tell everybody out there, this is what makes yeah. us good doers. And I am going to say that we are good doers, and we are good doers. <laughs> I believe that what makes, and I can see this in you, and it's, and I know this is, is I'm really, I'm good, and I know you're good at responding on the hoof. In yeah. a, I get to somebody's house, and I can feel into the moment of what is required. Mm. So that's the other thing. It isn't just that the the, the person who's having a baby has to. Life will demand that you drop into discomfort. Life, you know, this is a, an experience, there is no escaping. So, but also it applies to those caring. We need to be able to read the room and that- you And be know. flexible and adaptable. And if everything's super planned, you can't respond in that same way. It's mm-hmm. it's like, it is, a, it's kind of a skill, isn't it? That you, you oh. it's a practice, it's a practice. And we obviously just, that's something we tune into naturally, maybe more so than some others. And that's not a bad thing, but I just, I'm just fascinated by it. And I hope people listening aren't at all, you know, offended or anything like this, because it's not a criticism in any way. It's just like an observation of that life is becoming a certain way. And most people are just going along with it because, you know, it's more comfortable. I get it. But I worry just like you've described so beautifully about the outsourcing and the disconnecting and the unplugging. It's like it's like you're not using your whole self because you're shutting down, just like you said, so many parts of yourself because you never have to feel into limbo. You never have to be a bit uncomfortable and react and adapt and flex. And and you you need that as in birth, but you need it as a mother. Oh my God. <laughs> and that, to that point, actually, because when it, we, two things, first of all, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand it that this is, you know, that's probably why things don't get discussed anymore because the you do you thing. And absolutely, I agree. And it's not to say people should do it like we do it. But what I do bulk at is that it's not even possible to comment because, like you say, it's a bit like the sort of like judging people's life choices. But Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that either. I just think somebody has to bear witness to this, which is whether we like it or not, our culture currently sees itself, I believe this, as a start and end point of civilization. It hasn't, I feel like the, historically we're kind of, lose, there's some kind of sense at the moment because of the way, is it online living or digital, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, I can see it in young people, but there's no, there's very little sense of the linear and the sense of human existence being beyond the time we're living in at the moment, right? And what, so, so the point being that people go, well, why wouldn't you? do all these convenient things if you can, right? 
And the reason that they can justify that themselves is because you're not looking back. There's no compare and contrast going on. So there's no like, well, what used to happen? What were the pros and cons? What were the benefits? And what could happen in the future? Let's look at the pros and cons of that. There doesn't seem to be any forward or backward conceptualization. It's just, it works now. So when I say to the swimming pool lady, she literally slow blinks when I say, what about spontaneity? As if she literally doesn't know what I'm talking about, as if it's gone from life, right? So that alarms me. And the reason I'm saying this is because however the hubris of our modern culture is such, the pride, the conceit is such that I think we literally think we can talk ourselves or think ourselves and live ourselves out of reality. And that, no, 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 it'll be fine. But as you say, what about when one's child, you know, I don't know, like goes through a, something big and huge that you don't what about you know childbirth what about a parent dying what about getting very ill in your 50s what about when life comes a lot what are you going to do mm-hmm. so it's all very I'm, I mean although I do want to also say look sorry we're not judging everybody but we, I am saying I'm sounding an alarm here and I feel like I'm happy to do that I mean I'm older than you and I feel like I'm happy to be in the old lady wagging finger but it's not even that is it we're that's what we come on here to do we talk about things that we're feeling and thinking and we're curious about other people and I feel like we should all be curious like people are going to listen to this and think we are nuts and be like I don't want to wash my floor on hands and knees and I don't want to wait for the kettle and I bloody want a dishwasher because I have three kids I get it I'm I would just say when you use something for convenience next time Just think about what maybe you're not getting because you're doing that thing, just as an experiment, because it's just interesting. Let's think about this, though, as well. Let's take it further. So if this so-called convenient exists civilization that prides itself on its easy comforts and it's, you know, if it was so, you know, so fantastic a way to live how come anxiety has never been higher than it's ever been? How come mental health issues? I mean, I know there are other reasons, but the point is. Maybe let's imagine right now, because I know this feeling myself, I would say that there is a vibrational quality to the agitation. You can sort of feel it in the air sometimes, you know, where you can feel people are more irritable or I, I see it if you're on the tube, you know, you can see nobody can let a moment open up without scrolling, getting a phone out because it's like a way to place yourself, put yourself. So that's an example. We know that the phones are like that. I don't know what, what I mean is, is if, I know we are sounding a bit mad, but what, what about wondering like, okay, so if my life is so smooth because of these conveniences, why is it when I'm sitting there with nothing to do, I have a fidgety, anxiety? I would say if I'm probably pretty confident that an awful lot of people have a febrile kind of in their head a lot of the time Mm -hmm. if nothing's happening. And so I'm saying this, you know, I'm starting generalizing but I know because I have it as well like you're saying so I have that right because I'm also there is parts of me that are plugged into all this ridiculous humming of life but so when you move into the just when I'm feeling that right so I've had that this week so I had a a funny weekend where I had that feeling I had that feeling and I don't know where to put myself that feeling I think it's a it's a modern day scourge it's like and I think that's that comes back to the outsourcing outsourcing is not grounding you can only be purely grounded, calm, connected in that sort of yoga point of view that I have sometimes 
But that grounding comes from a connection to the self. That's where it comes from. That's why we get into our bodies. It's that embodiment we've talked about before. The breathing, the getting into your body and out of your head. And that doesn't happen if you're just kind of flicking things out to the world all the time. You know, like you're not like you're not using your hands and make and I, oh God, I do not expect busy working parents to make sourdough. I'm not even for a second saying that, right? And it's takes <laughs> days and I find it frustrating. <laughs> washing up is part of it it literally doesn't matter what it is yeah but it's like you can't it it is grounding and I want to I want to say two things because they both come up in the last week as well and today I even watched a clip it was some kind of TED talk on boredom and it was it was brilliant and it was just a snippet and I happened to watch it today and it was saying it was a, a brain expert on boredom and she was like, everyone thinks boredom is bad, which would go with this culture of super busy, can't even stop to, you know, turn the kettle on. <clears throat> and she said, when you are bored, the like the best parts of your brain fire up. It's when you get the most creative. It's when you make your biggest decisions. It's when you kind of everything settles and rearranges and kind of gets a bit of space around it because you're bored, because you're not doing, because you're not racing around and you think that's getting missed the other thing is that I'm quite into like like nutrition and health at the moment and I I was watching that documentary on Netflix about the blue zones you heard about blue zones where blue zones are areas in the world they have the highest rate of what is it I don't know how to say when you're over 100 centennium something you know, they have high percentages of people who live to over 100. And they're called blue zones because the guy who discovered this was just plotting them in blue on a map. And one of the things that comes up over and over again, obviously they're in incredible parts of the world. They have the cleanest soil, you know, the cleanest air, like so many things like that. But they all do a lot of like domestic work, you know, a lot of things from scratch, you know, they're all out in their garden. They're making their food. That All the things that you and me kind of value, that is getting less and less valued, that kind of homemaker in the home taking time to do things, that always comes out in these blue zones. I don't know. It's just all these little things add up to we're getting taken away from these things that are just part of our innate self, aren't they? It's like they're, I don't know, back to the comfort discomfort thing. It is. I think to be more positive, I actually think that we're in the post peak. Actually, in my my feeling is we're post peak of it. I think it's been it's really picked up late nineties, as in it started in the in the form that we're talking now. Because oh, because I've kind of got, I think my generation literally lived two halves, you know. For half our life in 20th century half basically you can judge it people have pinpointed the age kind of 94 was about this, there was a massive massive change so we was a group we're, and but so everyone knows we're like i'm 57 58 my friends 60 there's you really felt this massive cultural shift to everything being mission statemented what, what i mean is like this is how you need to live your life this is how this is how you need to live. This is what life should look like. That that is not a thing that's been around for very long. It was about mid nineties. It starts to pick up. 
this sort of aspirational culture, nothing wrong with aspirational, but your life was being sold to you. Now, by the noughties, that became that you didn't just aspire, like everyone has always aspired, the Romans aspired, but suddenly you weren't just aspiring, you were avataring in a sense. You were like, that's the life I'm in, I'm going to be in that life. And it didn't matter what you actually were, that was the life you created, whether you liked it or not, and you wanted your house to look like this and your car to look like this. And by 2012 13 14 you start to see more of what we're saying now i think starting to pick up and now it's really peaked in covid time because of all the zoom life um, online dating and now young people don't even um it's like a i always think the word's like curated isn't it everything's there's a curation of life it's is it it's a version of your life everything seems to be rather than just your life it's so bad that my sister-in-law's a hairdresser and she's been a hairdresser for 25 years. And, you know, there's always that standard thing of, like, hilariously, like, um, you know, I want to look like that. And you show them a picture in the magazine. But she said, well, all her life, that's been what hairdressers have. You know, you they show you a haircut and you want to look like that. She, but it was always with this sort of slightly jokey understanding that you don't look like that, but they'll do their best to make you look like that. <laughs> now there is, there is a quality to the way people see it young that is off the graph and she said it's because so online is their life that they consider that realer than their own life she can like an avatar literally like the the person they're showing on instagram or the person that they're presenting as and so my fear as an old-fashioned person would be like what do you do when you then meet the person in real life and you don't have the life you know whatever you've presented as isn't you or something you know and and it's very she said it doesn't seem to play a part now because people so see themselves as, I mean, I'm talking about obviously a certain type, but, but basically she said that there is a kind of, I suppose it would be late 20s, that, that, it, that it's been so digital living is so normal yeah. that yeah. you aren't even in reality. It's not only that boredom allows the space to feel, but when I was having this weekend agitation, mm. I have typically been, I would say I was one of the forerunners for running away from one's life. In, in my 20s and 30s, I was pre-family. I was your textbook, here, there, everywhere, on to the next thing, never stop for two seconds to reflect on anything, right? I was exactly that. Mm-hmm. And so I, there I was with this agitation, because I've learned through therapy, family life, being a mother, I've learned, and, and being older, is I've noticed how negative discomfort discomfort in the form of agitation anxiety whatever if you notice it it's kind of fascinating Mm. it it moves through you and you keep of course it's so uncomfortable if you really get frightened of it i don't want to feel like this i want to feel like this and you fight it it's a bit like labor you know you will tense up and it will stay with you more i think but if you relax notice it's it's doing this thing to you and go oh i'm feeling crap I feel edgy. I feel angsty. Why? And you don't need, don't even worry about the source point. Just notice it. Mm-hmm. Even forget boredom. Even anxiety can be something just to stay with. And if you stay with it and then you go, okay, it feels like the last thing in the world you want to do to bake a cake or go for a walk or something. And actually I wanted to do my bulbs and I did exactly what probably loads of people do. I go, oh, I cannot do that. It's like, it's cold. And I, feel fed up and I feel funny and weird and I just that's not going to help but I did make myself walk and I went for this walk and I started because you do I met it head on I stayed with the discomfort 
And then I just started to notice space. I just started to notice this. Somehow it started to loosen. I wouldn't say lift, I would say loosen. And it started to move through me. And then it sounded like a somebody from the 1950s saying like a good bit of fresh air in the walk. But actually <laughs> it was, it, in a way, it, it wasn't the walk so much as the staying with it. And then a nice song came on and music came on and I, I just noticed something else came out. You start, when you stay inside yourself with discomfort or whatever's going on, you get to understand yourself more. And when you understand yourself, you you live more fully. You also, as a mother, live more fully for your kids, with your kids. So it's, it's not little things we're discussing here. It is to have your existence so abstractified, you, you know, I mean, we don't, let's not even get into antidepressants, but it's absolute absolute epidemic I, I, everyone I know is on antidepressants like there's another numbing version of it it's like I'm not saying it isn't sometimes required and I do understand honestly save people's lives of course and lots of my friends have great drawn great benefit but let's take HRT menopause discomfort it's like everybody's like oh it's uncomfortable to be in menopause let's get rid of the um symptoms and then I feel like I need to apologize because I know loads of people have really extreme symptoms and of course they need it but how about we also say that maybe the change, as it used to be called, is change. Change is uncomfortable and you are leaving something and moving through a doorway to a new self. And that, and why should it be a smooth, completely continuous, seamless thing? Why? Why, why wouldn't you, if you're leaving fertility and motherhood, a stage in womanhood, of course, it's a, tra- it's a traversing territory. A tra- you know, and, and if we're crossing territory, it's going to have rocky bits and and glitchy bits and that I mean it honestly it's such a relief to talk to you about it because it's weighs on my heart all the time because I'm I don't want it to be like that for my children I want them to feel but I think that's the thing isn't it because the reason we even show up and do this podcast well for me especially is because I just we want, and I want women to feel good about themselves. I want them to feel better about themselves. If we can suggest something that can help, you know, I always want to help. And it's like, it sounds like we're talking about something random, dishwashers and kettles and stuff. But like you say, we're talking about your connection to yourself, which is so massive, and how the current modern world we're living in is disconnecting us from self. There's no doubt about that, you know, and, and you know, I don't want anyone listening thinking my kids are like organic homemade food every night. You know, they eat fish fingers. I, I love my phone. Like, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I notice that there's so much going on around us that is like taking away our skills, isn't it? It's like desensitizing us and like you said, disabling or Demobilizing or something it's like that's it immobilizing that's like a that's what i mean it's like um when something's like switched off remotely yeah and we want to be remote yeah but you know what actually it's a good place for us to conclude because let's think about birth and let's i'm gonna think of birth at home and i'll tell you why i'm gonna place it there because it's the only way that we can fully know um that nothing has been outsourced and that the mother is in her true 
circuit board connected up wiring and she's doing her thing and her body's doing its thing and she's giving birth right so having a baby at home second time having had a very disconnected first birth that's absolute textbook they've had this often maybe even with a full epidural for quite a long time where there was no discomfort uh, as such um they had you know maybe it was a bit more calamity you know, a bit more fast paced at the end because some help was needed from a doctor but by and large let's not forget but a lot of traumatic birth is actually the woman's not feeling anything as such. And yet it causes a level of disconnected. The trauma of being disconnected in that way can leave a quite a bad impact. Whereas when I was running Tell Me a Good Birth Story, I put out a survey, which I think you joined in actually, because I thought, how can I show that the discomfort of birth is worth it? And I thought the only way I can do it is to actually invoke the opinions of home birth community because although that is a self-fulfilling group in a sense it was still an open season i could i still just put the question out on facebook and anyone could have replied and said oh my gosh no i so regret having no pain relief i so regret not going to hospital <laughs> so i put the question and the question was who having had their baby at home first time with the logical assumption that they've had no pain relief other than maybe mm -hmm. some gas there and they wrote in a bit of hot air and literally fresh air and lavender or something, mm. um, would do so again. Because in a way, it's the only way to know how mm. hard is birth, right? And also putting a question survey style out there, you're going to get a whole range of personalities. You're not just going to get, if in case anybody thinks somebody's a home birth type or fit or got high pain threshold or crunchy mama or whatever, forget all that. This is like women, just women who've had their babies at home and it was open season. I just put the question out there. It wasn't a massive, it was about 300, it was about 370 replies. Guess what it was? And by the way, people were only too eager in 2011 to tell, talk home birth down, right? So it would have been an awful lot of people that could have come and trolled on there and gone, hospital safe, I don't know. So it was really open to 98.5% of that sample said, they would do so in, and the phrase that came again and again and again, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. So let's just consider that. Like, so these are people going through every bit of the discomfort of birth from beginning to end with all that we know that brings, intensities like we've never known. The pelvis is spreading, the sacrum is lifting, everything, all the soft tissue is stretching, the strangest destabilizing feelings of your life as a human being plows through you, right? We know what that means, right? And yet they all find it transformational and you, you will be hard pressed. And I, to this day, hard pressed after 20 years to be anyone who goes, oh my gosh, having that baby without any pain relief with it was like, I so regret it. Have you ever met anyone? I've never met anyone. So that's proof, isn't it? There's a living template there, ex existential template that birth couldn't be the, the bigger example of discomfort. And yet going through it in its fullest state gives you more live feelings than you've ever felt in your life before. There, we have it. Done. I love it. I think we should we should leave it there. Leave you with that 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 powerful thought. I think that was a really nice way to wrap it up. And so, so true. It's like you'll never feel more than you feel in birth. And yet to feel it is the best feeling. Yes. It's like you know it's uh, yeah 
Anyway, but, but also on this note, because we never say anything like this, and while we're talking about kind of domestic stuff, do a bit of podcast housekeeping, because we've now got an email address, haven't we? Oh, so, right. yeah. So if, because we are like not on social really, um, I'm not, and Natalie's on a little bit, but we're not active really. So we thought we better have some way of you contacting us. If anyone does want to ask us a question or tell us a story or what do you think? Or you have an urge to come on or, you know, just no. write to us at mother's talking podcast at gmail.com mother's talking podcast at gmail.com and i love to think of it as when we talk like come on over to our house and yeah. what i love it i'm looking just so everybody can um who can only listen i'm going to describe i'm looking at jenna's sitting room and it's so cozy Messy, orange walls, and it's just beautiful. And I, my, and I'm sitting. I've got my blankets everywhere, and I just feel like yes, I always want to if I can invite people in. And it's like I'm glad. I, I know that we're really rubbish on getting, you know, yeah, like marketing or advertising thing. But I don't want to be like that. I just want people to find us and say, oh, come and join us for an evening. Come and have a cup of tea with us. But also, if you are listening and you are liking it. <laughs> Do feel you can leave us a review or a rating wherever you're listening. Um, because again, we never ask for that, and it really, really helps us kind of reach more people. Share, yeah, share an episode and share with us, write to us because that's what we love. We love women and stories and sharing. Um, but yeah, should we leave it there? Night, night, everyone. <laughs> night, night.